You're listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Mazzelli, where you'll discover more about writing, publishing, building your author brand, and selling your book. Now, here's your hosts, Chris and Gina. Hey, welcome to the Writing Momentum Podcast. I'm Christopher Maselli. This is Gina Maselli. How's it going, Gina? It's going well. You know what's going to happen today? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's a battle. We're having a battle today. It's a battle of all battles for the best style guide to use when writing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we need to probably ask what in the world is a style guide? Yeah, a lot of times we talk about how you need to format your work. You need to format it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You submit it. You need to make sure that you're formatting it correctly. Style guides are those formats. They are the templates that are expected when you submit your work, depending on what kind of work you're submitting, when you submit it to editors or if you're writing for a certain field. These are the rules for writing for that field. Yeah, and I think most of us as writers don't even think about the fact that there might be a style guide for what we do, right? We're so used to saying, okay, I know I need to write about this or that. And so we just start writing and we try to make it to where it's written well. And we're not really thinking about the fact that there's actually guided ways Mm-hmm. to write the things that we're writing. As far as the way that we display things, especially like citations and endnotes and those kind of things. And mm-hmm. it just, it depends on who you're writing for as to the yeah. way you need to write. So we're going to have a battle here to talk about what we think are some of the best ones and when really when you're going to use each kind. And I think I want to preface this by saying the first few we're going to talk about here is going to sound a little dry. Like you might be thinking, yeah, I don't think I ever want to use those. But we're going to talk about what our favorite way to write is and probably what you need to consider more than anything else when it comes to creating your piece and having it have a certain style. And I want to preface this by saying that just because you have quality content That does not mean that style guides and things like this and formatting just go out the window. I think we sometimes hear from writers and have worked with writers who have that attitude that says, my material or my insight or my writing is so good that it really doesn't matter how I submit it because what I am saying is going to shine through. And the truth is that's just not true. A lot of times, especially if you're writing for editors who are receiving a lot of material, it will be looking for those people who can just follow the directions. And especially when it comes to more technical pieces, if you're writing for certain historical journals or social sciences, Mm -hmm. psychology, something like that, you really want to be able to follow guidelines so that you make it easier on those editors. And it's not like it's hard to do. These are guidelines, so you can find all of them on the internet. You can find out what the guides are. We'll talk about the little bit where where you go to find those. But should we jump right into it? Let's jump in. All right. So the first one, some of these you're going to have heard of when you were in high school or college. The first one is MLA. That's the Modern Language Association. They have a certain format and you'll generally see these on very formal papers. In colleges, these are used in humanities and it really focuses on citing sources, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yes. And I'm using it. I teach a writing class for high school, homeschool students. And 
I have them use MLA. And so there's a certain way that the header needs to look, where their name needs to be on the page, the way their citations need to work, the way that their work cited needs to look. All of that goes into this. Yeah, I think it's probably the most common for like colleges and that sort of thing, as far as what you generally see will be asked for. I think it depends on the major. <laughs> it's an overgeneralization. Um, it's wasn't probably it? <laughs> a little bit of an overgeneralization because I'm hearing that I'm hearing more and more that MLA is being used a lot in high school. But of course, that depends if you're writing for one of your sciences, they'll probably use something else. And then in college, I'm actually hearing more about some other types that, that we're going to get to. Yeah. So another one is Chicago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chicago, it's a format, not just a city. This is often seen in books. So we've written with a lot of publishing houses that they, they might use a different format for their regular articles and that sort of thing. But when it comes to their books, they say we want it in Chicago. And this is generally a format that's used for history, literature, social sciences, and it puts footnotes and endnotes in the books a lot, which I think is why they like it in books, because then they can have all those citations just at the end of chapters or at the end of the book altogether. Now, let me ask you, because I don't know that I can answer this, but does Chicago does not use inline citations? I wouldn't, you know, that again, maybe an overgeneralization to say that. I would say it majors on endnotes. And, yeah, I um, think it does too. Yeah. I don't know that I've footnotes. ever seen Chicago have that inline citations like, MLA or I think MLA does some possibly, but APA definitely does. So anyway, we'll get to some more. So that's just, those are some things to check on. How do you source your sources? So that's what's important to figure that out depending on which of these that you're using. So the next one we're going to talk about is Turabian. Turabian. I had never heard of Turabian until I was in a master's level business class. And all of a sudden, the professor said, I want your paper in Turabian. And I had to go buy the book. <laughs> go on Google. What <laughs> is Turabian? This was pre-internet searches. Mm -hmm. This was me going and buying the book and looking up how to cite my sources and how to put it all together. And so, yes, Turabian is very academic. And you see it usually in history, theology, social sciences. It is a lot like Chicago, but a bit simplified. Yeah, so if they ask for that, you can look up that. I always like the simpler stuff, so I would probably like this over Chicago. But anyway, yeah, so Turabian. And then the next one you already mentioned, which is APA, which APA, stands for... American Psychological Association. Now, yeah, this yeah. is for social sciences, for psychology, education will use this one. And this does use the in-text citations. Yeah. So what that means is that if you're quoting a source in your text, you're going to have some quote, not quotation marks, but you're going to have some brackets or you're going to have some, what am I thinking of? Parentheses. Parentheses. Yep. Thank you. Parentheses. <laughs> and then you're going to list probably the person's last name, the page number, that kind of thing. But again, that inline citation does change a little bit depending on which style guide you're using. So definitely check it out and get the details. Yeah. So if you're like me already at this point in the podcast, your eyes are glazing over and you're going, okay, wait, MLA, Chicago, Turabian, APA. How do I learn all these? It's a good thing. For the most part, you don't need to learn them. You just need to learn 
how to find out how to write in that style because the style is usually something that can be achieved through a template or through an online generator. So heck, when I was in school, we didn't have online generators. We had to go into the books that were created for these things and figure out how they yes. cited their sources. And then we'd have to recreate that with our new source. Nowadays, you can just go online, plug in your material, and it spits out to you exactly how it should be based on the format. And yeah, don't feel like you have to memorize this stuff. Just be aware that these exist so that when you write for a certain journal or a certain academic setting or theological or social studies literature, that you're able to choose the right format based on what they're looking for and write in that format. Or if they bring up something about it, mm -hmm. you at least have a frame of reference for what they're talking about. Yes. yes. Okay. So those are all the formal versions, right? Mm -hmm. And in complete honesty, I hardly ever use any of those. I will use Chicago sometimes if I'm working on a book for a company or something like that. But for the most part, these are rarely used in my field, which is what a lot of you were in also, right? You're a general freelance writer or you're a novelist. But there are still things to be considerate of. And so this is where we get to the more informal ways. And one of those that's probably the most popular is the Associated Press. They have a thing called the AP Stylebook. And I remember back in the day when we actually received it, an actual stylebook every year. It was a couple hundred pages and it, I'd get it on my desk and you'd see what changes were made for the year. And it's really great because it's, and it's used like in magazines and for journalism, but it goes into things like grammar and punctuation. And like, for instance, let's say you're, you write a sentence like there were 10 people at the party. Simple enough, but do you use the letters T-E-N for 10 or do you use the numbers 1-0? What's correct? Who's to say? The AP Stylebook, the Associated Press, they say, and this is what's generally used in newspapers. In fact, right. it's pretty much all that's used in newspapers. But most magazines have also adopted this style of writing, which means it also flows into even just a lot of writing in general. I use this in my fiction even. When I'm writing, I use AP style. I kind of bounce between AP and Chicago, but I will tell you when I have a question, I will type it in according to AP, when do I use this? Do I capitalize this? Do I abbreviate this? And because it will, and I love it because then I also use a lot of this when I'm editing, if I'm editing books for people, I will use this because I will look things up. Sometimes things will catch me and I'll think, you know what? I don't really know if that should be capitalized or not capitalized or abbreviated or written out. And so I'll look it up. I'll look up according to Chicago, when do I use this? According to AP, when do I use this? And that helps me find the answers and so that I can produce a more polished piece for my client. Yes, apstylebook.com, mm -hmm. that's Associated Press Stylebook, apstylebook.com is a free website and you can go in there, get your own account, and then you can type in questions like, how do I abbreviate Hawaii? What's correct in what situation? Yeah. And it'll let you know how to do it. And so really handy, that will help you really get an edge. And if you are listening to Chris ask that question and you think that's ridiculous because it's H-I, it's the postal code, 
you would be wrong. Something different. <laughs> that's right. And that's and I encourage you, go to APStylebook.com mm -hmm. see if you can figure out what it should be. There's your, your challenge homework. for today. <laughs> All that said, so that so probably in our battle, I would give the winner to the AP style book in in general. Chicago is a close second. <laughs> it depends it depends on what you're writing for. But all of that said, there is one thing that trumps the AP style book, and that is the writer's guidelines for whatever you're writing for. So almost every magazine has on their website what their writer's guidelines are, what the guidelines are that they want you to follow. And they will tell you in there what sort of style guide to use and anything in particular that they want you to keep track of. Yeah, how they want your name to appear on the page, what kind of fonts they want you to use. And usually, when you are writing, usually they are going to want either Times New Roman or one of the more common fonts that are accepted today. But I would go with Times, if there's, if you're ever in doubt, go with Times New Roman. Mm. No, it is not the standard right now for Word. Go ahead and do a Command A or a Control All, highlight that whole document and turn it into Times New Roman, yep. 12 point font and one inch margins on the side. This is all a holdover from typewriter days, but it became the standard back then, one inch margins, 12 point font, and it's still mm -hmm. the standard now. So you might as well stick to it. So Associated Press, that could be trumped by writer's guidelines. And overall, if you ever have any questions, if you just don't know, the magazine doesn't say, you just can't figure it out, go back to Times New Roman, 12 point front, one inch margins. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So pretty good battle. That's very interesting. It is. This is just the details that kind of bring everything together. It gives you an industry standard. And if you turn something in holding to these standards, then you just look like you're more prepared and more uh, aware of the industry. You're more of a professional. It's an easy way to earn some points there with an editor. Cool topic. All right. Hey, if you have learned something today, please write and let us know that. Rate the episode, review it, subscribe, share it with someone else who might know or not know or need to know. And please let us know. Hey, put in the comments, what is your favorite format? Did we miss one? Did we miss a certain style? Let mm -hmm. us know that too. We'd love to hear from you. And the reason we talk about all this stuff is because it's very hard going it alone. It's a lot easier when we do it together. Because Gina, together, what? We have writing momentum. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Maselli. Don't forget to subscribe and get the show notes at writingmomentum.com backslash podcast. Until next time, we hope that you have writing momentum.